it's about mental strength and about staying as relaxed as you can as well. And then as soon as the breathing envy is coming, I just try to stay relaxed and focus on my objective. Holding your breath is about time. A watch is the main tool that a freediver needs. What gives us our edge? And how do we go beyond it? How thin is the line between taking part and tipping into victory? What inspires those moments of rare advantage, down to the millimeter, down to the microsecond, that change the shape of the race? Is it faith, talent, focus, or sheer determination? Are winners born or made? And what happens when things go wrong? Or when it all goes right? Welcome to The Edge. We'll be talking to people operating at the very edge of possibility, from athletes to actors, and from artists to entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Theo van den Broeke, and we'll be giving you the fuel you need to get in the zone and challenge your limits. Watch out. This is The Edge, a podcast by Tag Heuer. Arthur Gahan Bowery, thank you so much for joining me at The Edge with Tag Heuer. It's so exciting to have you here in the flesh. Um, we have lots to talk about today. Most importantly, obviously, your freediving career. Um, I guess the first thing I'd quite like to discuss with you, I read something in the news recently um, about you wanted to break a new record, a swimming costume record in Canada. So can you explain what the, what the costume is compared I just, to, I guess, I just, a suit? I just <laughs> sent an email before because I, I saw like you were talking about a uh, swimming costume. I don't know why. It's just a swimsuit, actually. I think that's a language barrier thing that we might have I don't know where, where the keeper came. <laughs> so it's just a swim a regular So, so we just mean like a pair of swimming trunks, basically. Yeah, just just like just like a, a speedo, you know. Sure. Okay. So just like a speedo and uh I would have like a cap, like a like a head cap. Right. And a pair of Googles. Like just a mask maybe. Okay. And and my speedo and that's it. Is that a, because it's a temperature thing or what what's the difference between diving in just a pair of trunks and you know wearing the full like suit? a wetsuit yeah oh well it's um it's a question of cold <laughs> yeah okay. it's a question of cold um usually we we use wetsuits in free diving either if we're like free diving in the sea like depth mm. uh or dynamic free diving in pools or even under ice normally we use uh we use wetsuits right um but I wanted to uh, to um, take like a higher challenge, and um, and um, leave my wetsuit uh, in my bag and try to uh, try to jump under the ice like just with a speedo. Oh wow! And so that's just a way to uh, to explore something new and to like overtake myself, overpass myself, undertake myself. Sorry, <laughs> overpass myself like in something new and different. Than what I'm used to do. Wow. Normally, so it basically, it's like the same. There's just the coolness that's uh, just like way more important. But when you're doing something at the level that you're doing it at, and already pushing yourself as hard as you are, surely something like a couple of degrees drop in temperature is actually quite impactful. How do you? There's a lot of degrees of difference. Is there right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a wetsuit is very protective. Okay. It's like thermal protective. Even if it's like thin, I I had like a two millimeters wetsuit last March mm. for my first um, world record attempt of these two world record attempts I'm doing right now. Right. The first one was like last March. Yeah. The next one is next March. So the last one was like with was like was like with my thin wetsuit, like two millimeters one, and uh, but it's already a very big difference. Really. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So doing it without any kind of wetsuit, I mean, that's going to be a real challenge, right? Now, yes. There is a um, a big work to do on cold acclimatization, mm. cold water acclimatization. And um, this is something that will come uh, besides of my uh, freediving training and phys- physical trainings. Mm. This is something This is something new I'm adding, actually. So what what specifically does that cold acclimatization training look like? Well, um, 
it's in the winter first. Okay. Um, and basically, it's um, going in cold water as regularly as I can. Mm. Um, not more than five times a week, because otherwise it's too uh, too tiring. Um, and basically it's like go in the water as regularly as you can uh, during all the year, trying not like trying not to stop. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm swimming in the sea in summer and I continue swimming in the sea, uh, during fall. Right. And then I continue it during the winter. So my body acclimatize, um, progressively to the cold temper temperatures. Right. I cannot jump in the, like in a five degrees water straight without any any acclimatization before, otherwise my body is not going to support it. It's going. I'm going to. Uh, I know like my heart can stop, you know, and I I can like um, fall in hypothermia very fast. Gosh. So my body has to be very acclimatized, and this uh, acclimatization goes through a very progressive adaptation. Uh, through the seasons, actually. Right. So the important point is to go in the water um, as regularly as I can and not to stop. Okay. Like, try to um, to follow the drop of the, temp the temperatures uh, in the sea, in the lakes, even in the pools, outside pools, like uh, in my village, uh, just behind Nice. Yeah. Um, my, aunt, my aunt's place, there's a pool there. Uh, outside the house and I go there for my cold water trainings uh, usually and so I but I have to go like to make it progressive and uh, and slow that's the that's the key will it impact how long you're able to stay underwater it being that much colder on your body will it will it make that kind of instinct to protect yourself and stay alive that much keener or are you aiming for it to not have any impact on the that duration, there's a big impact yeah. of the cold and the um, on the breathing envy, right? We call it the breathing, the the urge to breathe, mm -hmm. uh, breathing envy. Say. I like that breathing envy. That the urge to breathe. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah the, the the cold has a a huge impact on it. Um, it's not only a matter of sensation. When we dive, when, when we free dive, actually, there is a, a lot of uh, physiological adaptations that um, that comes to us uh, after a certain point mm -hmm. when we hold our breath. Um, these physiological ad adaptations will be like um, heart rate slowing down, mm -hmm. um, vasoconstriction, peripheric vasoconstriction, um, and uh, kind, of, too... kind of kind of a blood shift, and the blood is coming back to the vital organs. Right. Right. Um, so th those are like the three mains, uh, what we call mammal reflex. It's uh, it's those physiological adaptation I was talking about, mm. and those physiological adaptations usually when they start during the dive, it's the same, the exact same moment as when the breathing envy pops up. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Um, the cold water effect will be to make it happen sooner the, right. the diving reflex you know the mammal reflex mm. um, so as those diving reflexes come sooner the breathing envy will come sooner as well so it's not just a matter of sensation of cold mm. it's also a matter of um, free diving challenge I would say Right. Like mental challenge, you know what I mean. And your body kind of literally working against you to do what you to allow you to do what you want to do in a way, and overcoming that. My body can work against me. Sorry, I, I guess it's all of those physiological adaptations are working against your desire to. No, actually, the, those those it's um, very ambivalent because those um, physiological adaptations they are um, needed to go far or to stay long on breath hold, or to go deep in the sea. It's uh, without those mammal reflexes, those physiological adaptations, we cannot hold our breath for so long. Ah. Those are um, 
physiological mechanism that allows us to uh, to hold our breath in security for very long. Right. Those are um, survival uh, mechanism. Right. You know. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And um, and it's in our genes. Actually, it's uh, it's natural. It's like reflex. We cannot control it. Actually. Okay. Um, and it's um, it's common to all the mammals. So uh, whales, us, cats, dogs, and mouses. You know. Sure. Um, so we have it as well. And those are like the key to hold our breath for long. Right. That's it. Okay. But on the other hand, when you have those adaptation adaptations popping during the breath hold, usually the the urge to breathe, the feeling that you want to breathe, comes at the exact same time those reflexes are uh, starting. You know what I mean? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a matter of CO two and uh, and. Uh, Brain ad- brain adaptation to the CO two that is that is increases in the increasing in the blood you know right. when you hold your breath so that's a this is the question um, so yes actually you need those reflexes but on the other hand the urge to breathe is coming in the same time in cold water those reflexes are starting very very fast mm-hmm. the vasoconstriction the heart rates uh, dropping. And the blood shift to the vital organs, it starts very, very, very fast. Mm. Like just after, I don't know, like uh, maybe 20 meters under the ice, wow. swimming, it's starting very strong. And so the breathing envy in the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is the, the main impact of cold water on free divers. It's that it makes it more difficult mentally, but on the other hand, the diving reflexes are very strong, so you're kind of kind of safe actually, because those reflexes allows us to go far on our breath holds in security. Actually, this is a security system for the body to right. protect itself. Itself, you know what I mean? Amazing, yeah. That's it. We're going to talk more about the record-breaking dive that you did last year in much more detail um, soon. But I guess before we do that, we should go back to the beginning Arthur how did you get into free diving in the first place oh uh, young <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I, I was born in Nice my hometown now uh, but I grew up in Paris mm. um, but my both of my families they come from um, south of France and uh, so I was going there very oftenly when I was a child during holidays um, and I spent most of my time underwater like uh, playing with the fishes and stuff like that. So already very young, I had like a very close uh, intimacy with this element. Um, And I felt like, just I felt well underwater holding my breath. It was like something, I don't know, very uh, deep inside me. (laughs) Okay. Um, and then I saw actually uh, I saw the movie The Big Blue. Mm. I don't know if you heard about yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah. very famous in France. Yeah. And it's a bit cliche to say that, but uh, it had a big uh, impact on me. Um, I was exactly feeling the same thing as the the feeling that is um, described in this movie when uh, when the the main character is diving in the water. With this feeling of uh, you know very um, you know very poetic, very uh, detached from reality uh, in his uh, thoughts, you know, mm. um, and um, this was exactly what I was feeling underwater uh, before. So I saw the movie and I said, okay, this is something. Wow, this is something very interesting. Maybe it's something I should get involved in more seriously. Mm. But uh, I didn't actually at that time. I saw the movie at the age of like 10, 12 years old. Right. But it stayed in my mind for my old, uh, my old like teenage time. And then at uh, the age of uh, 25, 26, just after my studies in Paris, um, I went back to sport seriously. I went back like swimming. Don't know how, why, but it's just swimming. <laughs> Um, and, um, and after, after a while, I, I was, uh, on the internet at my place 
trying to find like a swimming coach, you know, to, uh, to do it seriously. And suddenly I said to myself, okay, I love freediving. Is there any, uh, any way to do it like in a club with like professional, mm -hmm. uh, coaches and teachers, you know, like someone who can tell you how to do it. Mm. Uh, I thought I was the only, uh, the only dumb guy to, uh, to search for it. And actually I, I typed on Google freediving club Paris and I realized that it was like a sport that was, uh, exploding at that time. Oh really? Yeah. It's, uh, actually it's not today. It's not only a sport reserved to a, um, to a, a category of diver, like a very experienced diver who wants to uh, train in pools and uh, stuff like that. Mm. It's not like only for spare fishers who want to improve their skills. Actually, today it's like a sport therapy, who which is um, actually it's a, it's a sport that a lot of people are um, are. Uh, begging for you know in uh, in big cities especially like paris for example Close, people yeah. are always like looking for um like i don't know like yoga tai chi uh, meditation and i was gonna say it's meditative right you know what i mean yeah of course Th these kind of activities and actually free diving became one of these activities one of these sports that are very trendy uh, nowadays so now there is like everybody coming in clubs and trying, not only like skilled divers or spare fishers, as it was like before, right? a few decades away. But now it's like everybody, everybody's coming to try this sport because like they saw in their favorite magazine that it was like good for body and, and mind, you know? Yeah. And that they tried yoga, they tried meditation and uh, they're bored. Yeah. They, they want to try something new as as uh, as usual and uh so they come to free diving and uh and that's it actually so we have a lot of these kind of people trying free diving right now it's a very trendy sport in big cities in france mm. and um and we have like there is not a single swimming pool now in paris without a free diving club wow so there's uh, is, yeah. that, is that a fact yeah yeah it's God, a fact amazing. There, there's a big development Gosh. in that sport so that's how I, how I started. I, I, so I, I found a freediving club on my computer on Google and I, uh, I just tried. I did like what we called a, um, a baptism. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is what, how we call it. This is how we call it. And it's like a first time experience right. diving. Okay. Um, and then I just realized that I found something very, like, very important for me. What, yeah. what was that first baptism like? like how much can you do in your first uh, try like what it's just, it's just uh it's very simple it's just like a first contact with the um, the sport you your um your um, teacher is telling you the basics like how to breathe how to swim underwater how the philosophy of this uh sport a little bit mm. um relaxation trying to um trying to uh be as smooth as you can uh it's all a matter of relaxation actually in free diving so uh it's just the basics so that this is what you learn at first and uh and this is what i've learned for that first time you know like just the the really bit the real basics and then you you can try a few breath breath holds but not very long uh, you're not here to perform you're just here to have a first touch with the discipline Right. You know what I mean? So it sounds like it's a relatively easy access sport for yeah. depending on, you don't have to have been brought up on the coast, like diving every day. It's something that anyone can. No, no, no. Actually, most of the free divers are um, practicing in pools in France. Wow. Because uh, there's just the, the cities between Marseille and Monaco, basically, where you can uh, practice free diving. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. it's not, it's not everybody. So actually, most of the people are practicing in pools. In big cities like Paris, Lyon, I don't know, and even even in small cities in France. So, uh, so indoor freediving is uh, what is developing the most right now. Even if, like, of course, all the disciplines are very cool, and uh, I love like diving deep in the sea. Mm. Uh, I love holding my breath in static as well, even if I do it 
a lot less. But there's different dif- disciplines, you know, like static, deep diving, dynamic diving. Of course. That's the three main disciplines. And out of those disciplines, which do you find yourself most drawn to? Uh, well, the the um, I think my favorite one is like deep diving. Mm. This is what I prefer. Of course. But the one in which I am the most skilled, I would say, is uh, dynamic freediving. So it's like going as far as I can. Of course. Like with my monofin, my uh, my big monofin, you know, or like uh, on breaststroke without fins. Right. This is what I do the, the best. And recently under the ice. It, it strikes me, it's kind of interesting. I, I run personally and I've kind of got into it. Originally I got into it as a fitness thing and then I've realized, and I was, I'm sure lots of people would say this about the sports that they engage with, it's much more about my mental mm. state than it is anything else. Mm. Do you think that there's kind of an alignment, you've already touched on it a little bit, between our growing appreciation of the importance of mental health and sports that are quite meditative, such as free diving? Is there a... Uh, a relation. Know, correlation between yeah, yeah sure yeah sure mine um mine's health is growing more and more and people are in this eternal quest of well-being all the time especially in our uh society now where uh, everything is very aggressive uh everything is very competitive um people are being asked to be uh performant all the time in their jobs in their life personal life professional life you know so uh yeah the people have a a big need of well-being more and more and are searching for it so um i think this is the reason this kind of sport are uh, developing so much right now Mm. yeah sure do you do you think that your i guess this is kind of a similar point but do you think that your ability to push yourself to such limits underwater impacts the way that you live above it. Oh yeah, sure. Sure, sure. This is the the reason I call it to support therapy. Right. It's because uh, this kind of mental tweaks that you have to uh, master when you hold your breath for so long um, directly impacts the way you deal with your stress the way you uh, you deal with adversity, your uh, resilience, ability, uh, your self-confidence, uh, your self-consciousness, uh, you know all these kind of uh, topics. Yeah, because this is a this is a very um, unique mental training, I would say, mm. trying to undertake a very primitive survival reflex that is the breathing envy you know this is very very unique there is not any other activity in the world where you learn such such things you know mm-hmm. sometimes people go going very um very high in like the everest or something like some things like this you know they can experiment the envy to the, the urge to breathe mm. but we do it we do it voluntarily you know we hold our breath and yeah. um yeah, this is this is very unique as a as a mental process, and it affects and impacts our everyday life very very fast when you start free diving. Even at low levels, like you know, you don't need to be a champion. Mm-hmm. Even like uh, if you free dive just for fun, uh, not v- going very far outside of your comfort zone, you know, you already feel the impacts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a personal question. You don't need to answer it. But was there something that happened in your life that kind of triggered you to need that way of managing things? Or was it more of just a general kind of, this is something that I know will benefit me? Oh, yes. Before before the start, before, the start yeah. free diving, I was like in a um, urban everyday life that uh, I was very un- uncomfortable with um, in Paris, uh, very stressed. You know, I was like uh, very anxious, uh, worried, mm. and uh, yeah, free diving saved me. That's for sure. Yeah, amazing. So this is this is what uh, pushed me actually to uh, to uh, go back to sport, basically, and then in, in a second time uh, to think about free diving as a way maybe to uh, to get better, and actually it worked. And now I'm a professional free diver. 
trying to get out of my comfort zone in some different things, even more than free, just free diving, you know, yeah. like developing projects with my partners. Uh, I'm working on a documentary series right now. Uh, I have, uh, you know, communication projects with uh, different kind of partners and uh, I don't know, like uh, conferences, talks, uh, workshops. Uh, you know, I, that's it. You know, I'm just trying to, uh, to change the way, the ways that I uh, get out of my comfort zone. Mm. This is what I think is the most important, not stay in the same thing all the time, because otherwise it's going to um, to get too easy at the end. Yeah, agreed. I understand that feeling. <laughs> um, I've got two more kind of general questions um, about freediving before we go into the, the big dive that we're going to talk about. Mm. Um, this may connect to that, what has been your most, um, what's been your favorite dive to date? My favorite dive, uh, my favorite dive. My favorite dives are usually the ones I'm doing when I'm training training for depth. Okay. In the sea. Um, I'm doing what we call hangs. It means that I'm, I'm getting down at a certain depth usually 45, 50, 55 meters. Mm. And I hang down there for a certain time before to come back up to the surface. Wow. And um, usually I'm getting down very, very slow, like for like one minute, 30, 30 seconds. Then I stay, I hang down there like for two minutes wow. in the big blue, minus 55. And then I come up to surface in like one minute and 30 seconds, the same. So it's like five minutes dives, about five minutes. Wow. And I go down, I stay down there, like eyes closed in the middle of the this uh, immensity, you know? Wow. And then I go back to surface. That's my favorite dives usually. This is uh, undescriptable. <laughs> so you're, you're under the water holding your breath for five minutes or more doing those dives. Yeah, but those like those are like very specific trainings. Uh, I don't do it uh, all the time, but I know that when I do it, it's very very pleasant. That's my favorite dives. That's what, for sure. What's your feeling when you're down there? The, the compression, the blue, the darkness as well, the cold. You're like kind of uh, entirely uh, concentrated, literally. I mean, like it means like focus on just on yourself, your sensations, mm. leaving the the present moment, and that's it. Uh, totally away from the surface and uh, your surface life and all that comes with it. It's like just a moment for yourself, focused, and you're just well. I mean, I feel very well down there. Uh, you don't feel the the need, the urge to breathe, or the need to breathe. Really, you know, down there you don't feel it because the compression makes it uh, easier. There is some, um, I would say, uh, physiological changes in your blood mm. with compression, uh, specific specifically with oxygen, mm. that um, makes it easier for you to resist the breathing envy down there. You don't, we don't want to breathe. Actually, you're good, wow. and you're like just hanging there. To the rope you know and uh, you're just observing around a little bit closing your eyes and you feel the compression and it increases even more this feeling of uh, concentration you know yeah. introspection maybe even introspection you know? right all right and so you're there for like two minutes and uh, and then after two minutes i start back to i start to go back to the surface and it's like to like i don't know it's like a feeling to uh just uh to get born again you know what i you know what i mean mm. like coming back to surface to the fresh air after such a long time down there hanging wow. so that's a yeah, indescriptible feeling <laughs> so so when you take that first breath is it are you kind of desperate for it it's it's okay actually five minutes is uh five minutes with just with without so much effort because when you go down you free fall after 20 meters mm. because you don't, you don't, uh, the, the buoyancy is uh, positive just like in the 15, 20 first meters. Then you free fall. Wow. Yeah. 
you free fall. So you're just like a dead weight. So yeah, so uh, there's not so much efforts to go down there. And, uh, you know, five minutes without so much efforts. I mean, your your oxygen levels are okay. I mean, my, mine actually are okay. Mm. So uh, yeah, I'm not so much uh, hypoxic, as we say, when I come back up to the surface, it's okay. Wow. Yeah. I didn't. I did big, not know. Big that. dives, like my big dives, are like swimming nonstop for like four minutes and thirty seconds, four minutes and even fifty seconds, for my personal best in pools. Mm. Swimming nonstop without compression, so without this effect, it's way, way, way harder than like going down in the sea. Right. This is a big difference between dynamic free diving and deep diving in the sea. Dynamic free, dynamic free divings in pool, it's way, way, way harder. Right. Mentally. Uh, because uh, you don't have the compression that helps you to uh, manage your breathing envy. You don't have the free fall. So you cannot relax for this big free fall that you'll have from 20 meters minus 20 to the bottom. Mm. And uh, you have the surface just over your head as well in the pool, mm. like doing going horizontally, you know. So uh, it's way, way, way harder. And the the dives actually are way longer as well in dynamic. When you go down in deep diving for a performance, you dive like for, you know, three, thirty, four minutes for the the deepest ones. In pool, my uh, my world records are like four thirty, four fifty four four minutes and fifty seconds. So it's like way longer. Wow. So it's longer, the urge to breathe is bigger, you don't have the compression, you don't have the free fall. So it's way, way, way harder to uh, manage mentally for about the breathing envy and i guess you're using more oxygen because you're swimming you're swimming yeah yeah so that, yeah and um in deep diving as well so this is the advantage um i mean i mean like the advantage actually of um this is the the, the difficulty of diving in the pool is all that i said that is very hard mentally um the advantage of pool diving is that you don't take so much risk Sure. On the other end, in deep diving, the uh, advantage I would say would be that you don't feel, you don't really feel the breathing envy, but there is the risk taking that is the inconvenient, I would say. Has there been a moment where you've felt like you've pushed it too far? Where you're like, okay, that risk was too great to take and... Not really, no. Okay. All the dives that we make uh, in pools, you don't have any risk. So uh, there's nothing to say about pool diving. Um, in deep diving, you always master the depth where you're going. So it's something that you know you can do without any problem. Mm. You never start free diving going like 80 meters. You start like with six, six meters, then eight, then 10, then 15, then you'll do 20 if you're good, and then you will do 21, 22, 23, and stay like for a whole week at this depth, and one meter, and one meter again. Mm. And this is how you progress in free diving, actually. So okay. you know, like for a competition, if you want to do like 55 meters, you know that you are perfectly fine to do that. You did it several times at training before. You never go to the unknown. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's always something you announce before and something you know you can do. Right. You understand? Of course. Yeah. This is the way we progress, actually. And this is the way we can do it safely. Mm. Um, and under the ice, um, there is a risk, actually, as well. Um, and, um, well... I don't really know how to manage it, actually. <laughs> I just go. <laughs> uh, no, there, there's a few um, emergency exits, I would say. Okay. We do like holes every uh, 20 meters, I think. Uh, but anyway, when you have done like 80 meters and you know you have to go to the next one to get an exit and you already uh, want to breathe since the, the first 20 meters, you know, one degree water, it's uh, th there is a risk taking, there is a risk taking, but it's okay. I mean, I, I accept it. Well, that brings us neatly on to the dive that you achieved, uh, the longest breath held underwater as a free dive. 
and you swam 120 meters under ice in Finland, if I'm not mistaken. Um, how? Let's talk about how the beginnings of that. How do you train specifically for a challenge like that? Well, I do. I, I train um, the same as usual, except that I'm adding cold water acclimatization. So it means I have to be specific. I have um, three trainings of free, pure free diving, pure apnea per week. Okay. In pool, dynamic free diving. I have um, two cardio training per week. Uh, I have um, two, I would say, weightlifting trainings. I have two body weights trainings. Wow. Uh, and I have three to four cold water acclimatization trainings per week. Gosh. That's it. So full schedule weeks. though. Yeah. yeah. Actually, it's two trainings per day. Right. Either one like fitness and cold water, yeah. like cardio and free diving, uh, cardio and cold water. That's it. So I have basically two things per day and I have to find the time to rest as well, to eat well. Sure. So big weeks, actually too big, uh, a bit too big for me. I, I'm having trouble organizing all my stuff because on the other side, I have to manage a lot of things what I was talking about, you know, like yeah. all the um, professional activities that are surrounding this, uh, this freediving uh, activity of mine, mm. um, which is uh, all the work I have to do with my uh, sponsors, all the conferences I have to, uh, to give, uh, the interviews like this one, mm. um, uh, my projects that are com going on that I have to organize and uh, well, it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of stuff. a lot of work. And how many weeks do you do before a race uh, before a dive like that? How you know the weeks that you're talking about where you're doing two trainings a day? Well, um, the world record attempt would be in March, and I started training uh, mid September. So a good six months. Yeah. Wow. And do you get to actually train on the lake that you're going to be? swimming beneath or you, you never see that until the day no no because it's in canada of course yeah. so uh no no i don't see it before uh like two weeks before the attempt right until two weeks before the attempt and would you would you get swimming it then and then i will be swimming you're there. swimming there yeah. right okay i'll be, I'll be seeing, uh, swimming in there because i have the chance to have a, a canadian team over there uh, which is going to help me uh, to build the setup because it's a huge work. Right. We have like tons of ice to remove, to dig those uh, emergency holes. Uh, we have uh, like uh, hundreds of meters of rope to deploy underwater so I can uh, have my safe line, my guide line. Uh, there's two lines. Okay. And the third line for the safety divers that are uh, next to me as well. Um, there's a lot of things to, <laughs> to build. Actually, it's a big setup. I cannot like, just like go up for a weekend, uh, and dive in, in a frozen lake. It's, it, there's a, a logistic that is too big for that. This is something I cannot do before right. to be there actually to get there. And I guess you need to prevent it from freezing over again as well. <laughs> so yeah. Every morning we have to break the ice again when, when we are uh, on location on the setup because it's, it's freezes. Uh, during the night but the 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 ice is very thin in the morning so that's okay and let's specifically talking about that moment before you go in you know you're you've got an hour before you're doing your dive what is your mental state how do you prepare what what are the things that you do to get yourself into the position to actually take that plunge uh well there is a big preparation i um i'm doing a two hours preparation before it goes through um a lot of uh, stretching, a lot of uh, visualization. Uh, you know, I visualize my performance in real time, walking mm. on the ice, watching at me, swimming under the ice like this, you know. Really? Yeah, on the setup. So you're imagining yourself. Yeah, so I walk I walk along the setup and I, I watch myself actually swimming under the ice at the exact place where I, where I will be swimming. Wow. I do it like several times, just prepare my mind mm. and my brain actually to what's going on to what's coming on so i do a, a lot of visualization like this i do a lot of um, stretching then a lot of um, breathing exercises um, a lot of uh, 
breath hold exercises as well and um and then when i uh when i've when i have finished all this i'm like kind of a i don't know like a hypnotic uh state of mind you know uh i don't see very much what's what's happening around me you know i'm like uh in my uh blinked yeah blinked mm. and um yeah that's it and um, a few minutes before the attempt i uh go out of my last um preparation breath hold um i breathe as much as i can i uh get out of my uh dry rub which is this kind of huge parka that i have um that keeps me warm yeah. and i uh, just go very slow in the water uh i stay in the water for like two three minutes the time for my body to get uh acclimatized to the shock mm. the temperature shock and uh, as soon as my body is uh, starting to acclimatize i take a last uh, a, last, a last breath and uh, and i go i'm um, two other things about preparation do you do you have to once you're in that zone and you're kind of hypnotized and you're blinkered do you have to not be around other people do you have to kind of say right th this is the no, moment no it's okay where, right they can be around it's okay i'm so focused that uh, nothing can reach me actually it's uh, wow yeah i'm very relaxed focus and uh, no fear no apprehension no no stress just you know very just very focused on my uh, on my goal actually do you have a kind of a psychologist with you doing that or is it completely your own no 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 i do it alone, do it alone. Uh, yeah i've learned it alone actually uh, through the years uh, through my years of uh, competitor in freediving yeah it's a, a process i've learned myself and in terms of food and drink, I mean, I imagine that you want to not have a full stomach doing something. I live like in that. France, so that's difficult. <laughs> I was going to say, what do you, what do you, what can you eat? What can't you eat? What do you drink in preparation? You know, like. basically just, just healthy. Right, that's it. But you, just healthy. But you must have to give your body a break before you're not going to want to be digesting. Oh no, no, yes, I just have a, like a quick breakfast, right? Uh, something very easy to digest, and uh, that's it. But I need to have some energy as well. Mm to um compensate the um, the caloric waste because of cold water mm. so i cannot be like hypoglycemic uh, if i'm going for this kind of uh, dive so i have to i have to eat some like um, carbs in the morning but carbs that i that will be easy to digest actually okay complex complex carbs easy to easy to di to digest that's the key Good to, any, give us a specific, like a baked potato? <laughs> uh, yes, potatoes, bit of rice. Right, okay. Uh, stuff like that. Stuff like that, okay. Yeah. So, now, you're underwater, you've taken the plunge. What are you feeling? Where is your head? What is your instinct in those first moments? How, how are you feeling? Well, before, just before to go, I take my last breath. Um, I give up with all my last thoughts about what's going to happen um i abandon myself actually to to something uh i don't know that transcends me a little bit you know mm. uh, no fear anymore i go and uh we'll see <laughs> <laughs> but i'm i'm very confident uh at that moment um and then I go and for a certain time, which will be probably around 30 meters, 25 to 35 meters, let's say, I will be very comfortable. Okay. So I will be in this kind of state in which I was just before to go, like very hypnotic, very relaxed, the thoughts coming in and going, you know, and, uh, you know, very, very fuzzy actually very uh, mm. very comfortable and suddenly the urge to breathe is going to pop and right. then all the reality is going to come back straight to my mind and my body and from this moment until the end of the dive 
it will be a very long process of uh, undertaking myself in uh, this kind of very specific uh, efforts, which is uh, trying to uh, overpass a uh, a surviving uh, reflex, mm. which is the breathing envy. And it's only mental. It's only about uh, mental strength. That's it. So, uh, well, I don't know. It's just uh, leaving my brain on the side and <laughs> and keep going, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'd like, I'm thinking if I'm running and I really want to stop, I'm like, come on, Teo, come on. Do, do you talk to yourself? That's you it. Can, that's it. You're just it. saying, can you yeah, can do yeah, this? that's it. But it's about mental strength and about uh, staring as, staying as relaxed as you can as well. Mm. This is what is very strange in freediving. It's not like, okay, now, now you're going to go and like you push yourself and, um, and, uh, you, um, and you translate it to your, to your body, like getting more dynamic and forcing more. And uh, no, you have to do it for your brain, for your mental strength, but you have besides of it to uh, keep your body in this kind of relaxation state mm. as long as you can. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is very... Uh, There's a duality to it. Yeah, That's exactly. The challenge. Um, what are you kind of sensory-wise? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? Are there people cheering? Is there someone above you? Are you hearing, I don't know, dolphin noises? No. <laughs> No, under the ice, it's very, uh, very, very strange in frozen lakes because you, it's it's uh, one of the only places on earth where where I have experienced this kind of silence. Okay, it's uh, it's scary a little bit. Really? Yeah, you you you. There is not a single sound. It's very strange. You can you can hear everything. Your movements in the water, the water sliding on your skin, your heartbeats. Uh, you hear everything because uh, there is not a single sound. Wow. Yeah, this is very strange. <laughs> yeah. But this is an incredible experience to live. Yeah. To be in frozen lakes under under the ice. You know, in um, meditation, they say you kind of have to focus on three things in the room and center yourself or three sounds. Do, mm. do, you, do you practice a similar thing when you're under the water? Do you kind of... Or uh, not really. Yeah. No, 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 not really. I just uh, take advantage of this comfort zone as long as I can. Mm. And then as soon as the breathing envy is uh, coming, I just try to stay relaxed and focus on my objective as long as I can. Mm. And that's it. Are you aware of how well you're doing as you're going? Or are you just kind of thinking, I've just got to do this for as long as I can? No, I'm, I'm aware of, uh, I'm trying to stay focused on my um, lucidity. Mm. And uh, yeah, how I, how, how I am, I don't know, maintaining my brain abilities, you know, uh, if I can th still think uh, clearly, uh, you know, if I can... Uh, um, keep seeing things clearly as well. Uh, this is very important because uh, the thing we want to avoid is like um, blackout. Okay. This is the thing we want to avoid as we are freedivers, as we are freediving. This is the hypoxic blackout. This is uh, the main problem we can face in freediving. So uh, in this, uh, to avoid this, uh, one of the ways to avoid this is to stay very focused, like listening your body and uh, how it works. Mm. Be attentive to your uh, sensations and your body. And you're aware of the kind of meters that you're going. I mean, I guess you can mm -hmm. measure them by the holes or, or the ropes. Yes. So you know yeah. how far you've got to go. Yeah, 20 meters. I want to breathe. I have like a, like 85 meters more to do. Oh my god! Extraordinary. Really, pretty hard. Um, and in terms of the way that time passes, is it slower? Is it faster? Is it kind of the same? Oh well, it's very fast when you're good, and it's very long when it's hard. <laughs> same as anything, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this comfort zone is very, very short, but it is actually. It's very. It's even. It's way shorter than the. The other phase that's way harder. Mm. So yeah, no, when it's 
When it's hard, it's long. <laughs> Have you ever had a hypoxic blackout when diving? No, never. I'm actually never. I'm one of the only um, free diving competitors in the in the what we say the the highest rank, world ranking that uh, never experienced uh, an hypoxic blackout. Wow! Yeah, never, never, ever. Yeah, it means I, I don't know. It means uh, I've never pushed it uh, too far. I guess. Or I should maybe. <laughs> I don't know about that. It's probably, it's probably a good thing not to have done. Yeah. You, don't, you don't want to see it as an achievement. Um, so you're back at the surface, having achieved the dive. You know, you talked before about that feeling of coming back and feeling very relaxed. I'm, I'm assuming you're not feeling so relaxed when you're coming up after a. Oh yes, after after the, the attempt, it's like well, right. all the pressure is uh, dropping and everything is nice, uh, beautiful, and sweet. So <laughs> really, yeah. And you do? You, are you feeling the cold? Are you feeling exposed, or is it? Is there a warmth? That, do you see the light at the end of the tunnel? No, no, no. You don't. You don't. You don't. I mean, I don't feel the cold so much because I stayed in the water for like five minutes. Yeah, like two to three minutes to to acclimatize at the beginning. Three minutes for the performance. And so that's like five to six minutes in the water, and that's it. So that's not so long. Um, I would feel the cold if I would stay like more than eight nine minutes ten minutes uh, okay yeah so that's when your body starts to go into that yeah pressure. that's when my body starts to really um uh, go down in temperature mm -hmm. and um and you know when, when we dive uh when we actually swim in cold water in very cold water when you go out of the water you feel very good mm -hmm. for like five minutes You'll feel like you're undestructible, you know? <laughs> sure. the king of the world. Yeah. And then we have what we call the after drop effect, which is a, um, a physiological, um, uh, how to say that, um, a physiological mechanism uh, where the blood that was close to your vital organs because of the cold, because when you're in the cold water, there is a vasoconstriction as well as as in free diving actually, and the blood is uh, is uh, shifting back to the vital organs. Exactly the same thing. Right. Um, and then when you go out of the water, the blood is going to go back in your arms and legs, and is going actually to um, to get the cold I see. that you have right. uh, that you accumulated in your arms and legs. And the blood is going to come back to your core, inside your body, and, and so this is the the way the reason we call it after drop after drop effect is that you continue dropping in temperature even after you went out of the water. Wow! For like 15, 20, 25, maybe thirty minutes. Sometimes the temperature is keep is, is uh, keep dropping. You know well, what I mean? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> So it's cooling your blood as it kind of comes back. Yeah, to and then you you get cold in the core actually, and uh, so you start shaking after like five minutes, and you're like this for like thirty minutes shaking. <laughs> <laughs> You've been but so so I won't I won't feel this effect if I stay like for just five minutes in the, in this cold very cold water. Right. I, I I would start to feel it after seven eight nine minutes ten minutes maybe. Okay. If I'm well acclimatized. And when you've achieved that record, you know, you've come out, do you immediately think about the next thing you're going to achieve or do you kind of bask in the... Oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm done. <laughs> you're done, right. I'm done. I just want to have a drink uh, with my friends and uh, family and uh, my girlfriend and that's it, you know, like just yeah. like, just uh, have a good time yeah. and relax and uh, take some holidays. <laughs> okay. So it's not like that churn, 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 churn. Oh, no, 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 no. The, the job is done. Okay. The job is done. Uh, now the uh, the time is uh, is to sharing it with people, you know, media's conference, uh, talk to people about my experience, what I've done, uh, how I've done it, and uh, that's it. I read an interview with um, Thierry Henry the other day, who was talking about the end of a sportsman's career being a kind of small death. Mm. Um, is there a small death in? Free diving, or is this something that you can do forever? No, we, we can we, we can uh, we can do it um, for 
kind of a long time actually mm. Jacques Mayol you know the famous diver sure. yeah. he did his last world record at the age of 56 I think something like that wow. so uh, that's pretty old that was his last dive. I, I kind of imagine like his last world record. His worst, oh, sorry, his yeah. last world record. I was going to say, wow. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. so you can really go on forever. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, do you yeah. intend to do that? Yeah, I guess so. Yes, I guess so. Now, but I think I won't go in pools any, uh, anymore. Mm. I will um, only go for under ice and and deep diving in the sea from now. That's what I what I'll do. Do you see it as a career, or do you see it as just being fortunate enough to do something you love that enables you to live in a certain way? No, it's integrated integrated to my uh, my everyday life actually. But but it's also a career, you know. I mean, the the career the career would would be more like what I try to develop around actually this activity, uh, the world record attempts itself uh is more like a personal challenge okay um the career would be all the different kind of projects that i drive uh besides of these world record attempts like the documentary we're shooting for example for tag of course uh around the world record attempt uh this documentary series i'm working on uh, all the conferences, uh, all this kind of stuff are like the career. Sure. But uh, the free diving itself is just like a personal challenge, actually. It's, just, it's the thing you love. I mean, you were wearing a Tag Heuer uh, night diver for your world record achievement in Finland. Um, what is the importance of wearing a watch in these scenarios? Well, I mean, uh, for me, it's obvious. <laughs> Not so much for me. <laughs> <laughs> Holding your breath is about time. So you're actually looking at your watch as you're doing it? I mean, a watch is the main tool that a freediver needs. Right. Freediving is all about time. Of course. So, I mean, everything has been said, has been said here. Yeah. I mean, freediving is about time passing. Yeah. Um, and about depth as well, a little bit, or distance. Mm. Um, but basically, it's about time. Sure. Time passing. Sure. That's it. That is it. We've got that. So that was that was all we needed on that front. Um, we've pretty much covered everything. I guess it would just be good to talk now about Canada and what you've got to look forward to. Are you excited about it? How's all the preparation coming along? Actually, um, not so well because um, we have a very, very beautiful Indian summer. <laughs> yeah. And the water temperatures are not dropping as expected here in France. Right. So I'm having uh, issues in my uh, cold water acclimatization. And uh, yeah, it's getting longer than what I was expected. How do you tackle that? There's there's no solutions. I just have to wait for the temperatures to drop down. Um, for now, the, the water in which I'm training in Nice, in my hometown, is about like 11, 10, 11 degrees. Um Last year, at the same time, I was already in like seven to eight degrees water. Wow. But it's okay. It's, it will come in time. Um, I know here in Paris, for example, tonight, I'm going to dive, to dive in the canal. We have a canal here. In Paris, Are you? you know? yeah. 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 I'm going to dive, uh, like not, not diving, but just like to swim in the canal. Uh, this is the place where I'm doing my cold water acclimatization when I'm in Paris. Because it's the only place actually I can go. And the canal is like, uh, I think now it's about seven degrees. So that's very, very cold. So that's cool. Right. I'm doing it with like with like some people, uh, some this kind of crazy people, this group on Facebook. They are diving in Paris uh, all the year. And they are swimming in the, in the canal all the year. And even in the winter, they're like what we call cold water swimmers, you know? Yes. And course, uh, yeah. cold water swimming is like... A big like it's a big thing you know it's very famous mm. and so they they cold swim in the canal uh, during the whole winter and so i go with them actually yeah to do Fantastic. that Did, haven't they just recently dredged the canal as well so it's it's clean <laughs> uh, actually the, the canal is clean right uh the river Seine is uh is not clean everywhere i would say okay but the canal is very clean actually so there's no problem swimming in it that's okay. I mean, you have some bicycles and uh, stuff like that, uh, and trolleys and stuff like that in, uh, at the bottom, but that's not dangerous for uh, 
human health, you know. Sure. There's no chemicals or like uh, stuff like that inside, so that's cool. It's funny to think that you're going to be cold water training in Paris rather than down in Nice in the countryside. There's something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for the the lakes to to freeze in uh, Nice. Actually, right. Yes. The sea the sea water is uh, still at 18 degrees now, so it's very warm. Wow. Yeah. Oh God. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On that note, Arthur. Thank you so much for joining us at The Edge. It's been absolutely fascinating speaking to you and wishing you all the luck in the world for your record Thank attack you. next March. Thank you for having me here. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thank you for joining us at The Edge, a podcast by Tag Heuer. Don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Edge is also an online magazine. Go to magazine.taghoyer.com for more articles, interviews and photo series that bring together our love of watches and our desire to push ourselves to the edge of our limits. I'm your host, Theo van den Broeke. Until next time, keep an eye out. This is The Edge.